If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hang on to your balls. It's time for the Horror Hangout Podcast. Welcome to the Horror Hangout Podcast, where two bearded film fans watch the 50 best horror movies ever, and then we talk about them. Uh, My name is Luke Condor with K, and I'm joined by Mr... Mr. Ben Errington. How the devil are you, Mr. Ben Errington? I'm very well. I'm very well. How the devil are you, Mr. Luke Condor? Quite well, quite well. I might, I might sound a little bit sniffly. That's because I've got a cold. And also, my voice keeps doing that thing where it like jumps. I might. It sounds a little bit like I'm going through puberty again. But um, again, you can, you can, you can't go through it four times, Luke. I'm going to say this is the fifth time now. It's really getting on my nerves. <laughs> it's so repetitive. Jesus. Yeah, I just can't help it. Those testicles going up and down as well. <laughs> I've also not start dropping. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much the that's pretty much just life, don't it? Yeah, the bulls yeah. the bulls will never stop getting closer to the ground. Yeah. Until you're until you're in the ground. Then it's time to follow the bull. If they touch the ground, they're saying, Come on, mate, let's get in there now. Let's get in the ground. And then you're in the ground and then you're there for eternity. You're yeah. you're worm food. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Positive thinking with better <laughs> Cool. So we're doing a new release today. Um we will get back to the actual 50 best horror movies ever next week, I think. Will we? Will we? Yeah, we will. Yeah, we, we need to. Uh, so the next one on the list is uh, the 1931 Dracula, which is yep. way up your cliff again. I'm sure you'll love it. That's all right. I'll dive off that cliff into the Never Zone and uh, we'll review that. That'll be next week. Yeah. But so we're going to do a new release. Um, we are doing Alien Covenant. So... Alien Covenant. So this is the 18th alien film i think what is this the eighth mm, uh alien aliens alien free alien resurrection alien versus predator alien versus predator 2 prometheus, prometheus. i'll stop counting halfway through i hope you counted that yeah you were doing your fingers and then i stopped <laughs> yeah but you could just look at your fingers i know 
I didn't. No, because like you, you said, you said I stopped there... counting, and your fingers are still there. Like <laughs> Luke, it's been a long day. Yeah, it's tell. been a long hard day. It's a Monday. It's not even Monday. It's Tuesday. So yeah, so it's, this is the eighth Alien film. Uh, so it's directed by Ridley Diddley Scott. Um, Ridley Diddley. Have you got anything to say about it, or to... hopefully, I hope I have, because <laughs> this will be a very short episode if I didn't. Yeah. Um, like if, shall I give you the rundown, Luke? Yeah, give us the rundown. The Ben Errington okay. rundown. The Ben Errington rundown with Ben Errington. Yeah. Um, Alien Covenant is a 2017 American science fiction horror film directed by Ridley Diddley Scott. Uh, <laughs> the, the film is a sequel to the 2012 film What's Prometheus. That purpose, by the way. No. <laughs> <laughs> the second installment in the Alien prequel series and the sixth installment overall in the Alien film series. I guess that's because it's not included in Alien and Alien vs. Predator. Alien vs. Predator and Alien vs. Predator 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, sa- I'm saying yeah. too many words here. <laughs> Film yeah. stars Michael Fassbender, Catherine Waterston, Billy Crudup, Danny McBride and more and follows the crew of a colony ship bound for a remote planet to discover an uncharted paradise with a threat beyond their imagination and must attempt a harrowing escape. So, uh, so we don't have any Empire Film students uh, to talk about this one, but I've got a critic consensus of Rotten Tomatoes it says Alien Covenant delivers another satisfying round of close quarters deep space terror even if it doesn't take the saga in any new directions it's got 71% fresh 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb the Facebook group has this to say so Johan says I didn't hate it I just found it difficult at times some parts are interesting which ironically are the bigger themes left over from Prometheus um, like the David Android and his quest to rebuild life with some connection to science and faith but there were too many head scratchy moments for him. Um, John Connolly says, hell, I liked it. I was expecting another Prometheus, but what I got instead was all the best bits of that film with some Xenomorph scares and gore thrown in. Um, so it's a bit of a, you know, some people seem to like it. Some people seem to not like it so much. Um, where, where are you sitting in the camp? Which camp are you in? Um, I liked it. I, do you know what? I really liked it. And I know it's got problems, and I know it's not perfect, and I know there are some stupid bits, and there are some stupid characters, and silly decisions, and it feels a bit like the greatest hits of Alien at times. But I kind of feel like, what else do I expect from this franchise now? Um, if we go completely different, and there's like less Xenomorphs, obviously we get Prometheus, which was I really like Prometheus. I don't know about you, Luke. How did you feel about Prometheus? Yeah, it's pretty cool. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it, but obviously a lot of the things people said was. There was there weren't enough aliens. There weren't enough of the xenomorph in it, which I guess was well, Ridley Scott's gone right. Okay, have this down your neck, yeah. Alien Covenant. Um, but yeah, I think overall, I think in terms of the atmosphere, <laughs> um, well, <laughs> in terms of the atmosphere and sort of like, it didn't take the the franchise in any majorly new directions. No, but it gave us enough answers from Prometheus for it to be satisfying for that. Yeah, and it took it. And it went in a new, well, not in a new direction, but it kind of like it's trying to line itself up now with the original Alien film, which is why it felt pretty much very, very similar to that in places. Um, but yeah, I liked it. I think Michael Fassbender was great. I know a lot, I know a lot of people didn't like the focus of his character. Spoilers, obviously, we are going to talk spoilers well, here. He, but he was the best thing about uh, Prometheus, I thought. Yeah, the David character. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, again, it does sort of it hits a lot of the major standard points for an alien film. But I did, I really did like it. I liked the, I liked the the inclusion of Jerry Goldsmith's original score sort of throughout, and then bits of the score from Prometheus as well. 
So it kind of felt like it locked those two films together for me. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I, I think if you like Prometheus, you're likely to like this. If you didn't like Prometheus so much, you'll probably like this one a little bit more, but you might still be on the fence. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it definitely feel, it feels a bit like Prometheus reboot to me. Like, I could, they didn't really need to do Prometheus. They could have just done this one and had a bit more of the, some of the elements from Prometheus in this one. Um, but I liked it. I think it was good. Um, I think this one was built as a horror movie. Like mm. I remember seeing all the, all the advertising stuff. It seemed very much like a horror, and it seemed like they were trying to uh, get back to those roots of the alien being a genuinely scary experience. Uh, John Logan, I just got here. So he wasn't the screenwriter, but he did a lot of uh, extensive rewrites. He says, uh, with Alien Covenant, I just really wanted to write something that had the feel, the feel of the original Alien, because seeing that movie was one of the great events of my youth. It was so overpowering in terms of what it communicated to me and its implications that when I started talking to Ridley about what became Alien Covenant, I said, that was a hell of a scary movie, and I wanted to write a horror movie because the uh, elements of Alien are so profound. So he tried to recapture... Basically, he tried to rewrite Alien. Yeah, <laughs> but, and um, I guess... Keep it in guess... Prometheus... Uh, Continuity. I guess it does suffer a little bit from not feeling. It doesn't feel entirely original. Here's, here's the one of the things that didn't like about it is I don't mind if it's I don't mind if it's redoing Alien, but one of the scariest things about Alien is that you really like. There's a weird elemental sort of horror in the sense of what the fuck is a space jockey? What the fuck is this massive alien yeah. ship they just find randomly? Yeah, 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 yeah. What are these like eggs? Like this whole like this this unknown like. I mean, one of the reasons like Lovecraft horror works so well is because it just introduces an idea and it's too big for you to kind of grasp. And I feel like this is like, try to do the same thing, but it's also said, but the answer is this. This is actually just um, a thing that uh, I guess, made or, and that kind of thing. I guess from like a film, this a film franchise has been around for so long. Yeah. And the fact that those questions were posed right way back at the original, they kind of do need to answer them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you, and, you, couldn't you, do, know, you couldn't do that again. <laughs> I mean, like, what, the pay. I mean, is the answer always going to be satisfactory to Alien fans? Probably not, because yeah. yeah, the mystery is part of that interesting thing, and the and the mystery of the Xenomorph as well. Like, what the hell is this thing? Like, I guess coming out of this film, the only thing I was kind of disappointed about was the fact that we kind of find out that the Xenomorph was engineered rather than being sort of like a a, a sort of natural evolution yeah. thing, which I kind of which I thought it was because it was supposed to be like the perfect predator. Or and you know it's I mean aliens horrible because the the thought of it I mean it's essentially space rape it's just like something something grabs hold of your face impregnates yeah. you with this thing which bursts out of your chest and grows yeah uh, I mean when you look at H R Geiger's like original artwork like yeah it's just so bizarre that you can't quite get your head around what you're looking at and I mean that, vaginas that's, everywhere yeah I mean that's part of the horror of it it's like I don't, I don't understand it, but I know it's going to hurt me. And um, yeah. I think that's why the original Alien film worked so well. I was terrified of it as a kid. I remember trying yeah, to watch yeah. Aliens and like the the things moving. You know, when they're all in the walls and like mm. they're moving around. I, was, I just found that so scary. I just couldn't really watch it very much. But I don't, I don't know whether the the Xenomorph translates as well in CGI in terms of being yeah. scary though. Yeah. Did you think? Did looked... you think this one was quite CGI heavy? I mean, there was obviously plenty of CGI. There was motion capture stuff as well, as far as I'm aware. I think there were some people in costume too, yeah. possibly. But I think it does. 
it does kind of suffer. It doesn't quite look as creepy when it's CGI. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because when you see someone sort of in the costume, it kind of it does look quite visceral and a little bit like you reach out and touch its leathery face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine they feel um, like dolphins. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Lovely dolphin. Head. Smooth, sort of, um, not slimy, yeah. but like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it was, a gherkin, it was all... like a gherkin skin. Like wet gherkin <laughs> skin. <laughs> oh, I love a bit of gherkin. Yeah, um, it, it was it was almost like Ridley Scott had gone, right, this is what people didn't like in Prometheus, so I'm going to kind of make Prometheus again, but include all of the classic alien moments, you know, with um, yeah. hardcore he- hardcore heroin, um, Ripley, you know what I mean? It's, it is essentially another Ripley. Yeah. I mean, how many, how many Ripleys have we had now? I mean... Numi Rapaz in Prometheus, kind of a Ripley. She's she's pretty nails. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, we I'm sure we had someone in Alien vs Predator at some point, maybe the first one. Uh, yeah, I think the main character's a girl in that. Yeah, so it's almost like the 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 only person who can stand up against the xenomorph is is this um is this female character who's incredibly yeah incredibly, incredibly nails and uh, resourceful. Um, yeah. It would be good to see like a different spin on that. I don't know, but then again, it's one of those things. I think it's a double-edged sword now. Whichever, whichever kind of film Ridley Scott makes, it'll be it's not alien enough, or it's too it, not it's not alien enough, or it's too alien. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, I don't think you're ever going to be able to recapture the magic of the first Alien. Because um, I remember my, my, my dad told me they went to watch it. It's one of the first films I went to watch as a dates, and they um, said they went away to they had no idea what it was. Like the film, there was like no real trailers or, or not like now when like there's a, like you sort of going and you sort of know most of what's going to happen like you've seen the trailers and stuff they went to watch it and they were terrified because they had no idea what even they had no idea what the alien was if it was like they were sort of yeah. feeling as the as the crew were but we can't really get that anymore no no yeah. it's true i mean occasionally it felt a bit rushed because if you remember in the original alien once the chest burster comes out it kind of takes a while to grow and we kind of see yeah, the whole process yeah. of it. Now it kind of like comes out or, or you know, we see a few different versions of this xenomorph, obviously like early versions of it. Um, and it kind of grows super quick, you know, pretty much immediately. And well, Yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk a bit more about it, but like the neomorphs, like the ones that come out of your skin. Yeah. They're like, they're like growing, like you'd almost see them growing in like, um, like yeah. as they hit the is, is, the, is the neomorph sort of like the white one? Is that? Yeah, the sort of fleshy colored one. Yeah. Fleshy colored one. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it felt a bit rushed. It felt like it felt like um, rather than being a, a real integral part of the story, it felt like they were just sort of thrown in the aliens at any point just to sort of push the plot along. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, oh my god, this here's an alien, but you know what I mean? We can't wait for it to grow. It's going to have to attack pretty much immediately. Which Did I don't you know. If there, that was... A, there was enough alien attacking stuff moments. So yeah, I know a few people who've said there wasn't, but I guess so. Yeah. Because I remember, it, it was towards the end of the film, I was like, I don't know if I've seen enough alien stalking people. Ah, right, okay. Moments. Yeah, I yeah, felt yeah. like it, I don't know, it felt a bit... Can we just establish where this, where this appears in the timeline then? So it's 10 years after the Prometheus mission, yeah. which which planet Earth just assumed has gone missing. Um, And 100 or so years before the original alien? I don't know, I have no idea. Is there, is there, I, I, is there a time, I, I, actual timeline? So this is 2100. No, I don't. I don't know. The, there, the, there, uh, there is a timeline. I've, I've looked at the timeline fairly recently. I think it's a while before, because apparently Ridley Scott still wants to make another 
um, to finish this prequel series and possibly another one as well to tie it all together. So another question I've got. This is supposed to be the home planet, isn't it, of uh, the engineers? The home planet of the engineers. You, yeah, it looks like it, yeah. Or at least a, a planet that they inhabit, right. you know. Um, because it does seem we do get a, a part where a lot of the engineers are killed. And, you know, I just kept thinking, what? So on the whole planet, they all just live in one sort yeah. of city? And then one like, like, you can't, you one like courtyard? If, if it was their home planet. Because at the end of Prometheus, I thought they said that they programmed in... Yeah, um, they did. To go back to the home planet. So I figured that must be the home planet. But it's like they've got one town, quite a small town, like Mansfield sort of size. <laughs> <laughs> they've got like a town hall. And then like, it never really felt like... Fleshed out world, did it? It kind of no, just felt yeah. like... A... But then it would, been, it would have been good if like some engineers rocked up, do you know what I mean? But, you know, yeah, well, I, guess, yeah, I, yeah. I, I guess we better just get into the de- get into the yeah. meat. <laughs> okay, so uh, the key players in the film, one of the, the gripes about the film is there's so many characters. So the, the main characters, here, we've got Michael Fassbender, who plays uh, David Eight, who was the David from the previous film, uh, Prometheus. And he plays Walter as well, which is a newer model android. Uh, Catherine Waterston as Daniels, Danny Branson. Her first name's Daniels. I kept thinking the second name was Daniels. You know, you call someone by a surname. Hey, Daniels. Oh, yeah. Daniels is <laughs> the first name. That's weird. Billy Crudup, uh, the guy who played Dr. Manhattan, is Christopher Oram, who's like a first mate who takes command of the ship. He was. Um, he never had. A, he never had his knob out either for the whole film, no, which I was really just dis- really disappointed, disappointed about. Still blue, apparently. Blue <laughs> uh, <laughs> Danny, <laughs> Danny McBride um, uh, plays Tennessee Ferris, who's like a a pilot uh, and there's like there's a shitload of characters you know the best who's the best actor in the film who did the best performance do you think who did the best performance yeah. uh, ooh, James Franco <laughs> I was going to say James Franco <laughs> because he was literally in one scene and he stole it he, he literally burst into flames and like he looked like he was like dying he went black yeah. and turned to ash and everything I was like man That's that good. guy <laughs> yeah so obviously that was bizarre. The fact that we saw we saw James Franco as the captain of the Covenant ship yeah. in a, like a prequel YouTube video where it was like all of them all of them hanging around. So basically, the, basically this ship is a colony mission, um, and it's and the crew is couples. So that's the crew, but yeah. obviously they're transporting about two thousand people, aren't they, to a colony mission? They're trying to find. They've obviously got the coordinates for a world that they can inhabit. Orgai six, it's called. Orgai six. Yeah. You know, or guy six, man. Um, yeah. So obviously, they, it was it was quite established quite early on that they were all couples, but there were so many. Six. You think it's a orgy. thing for orgy? Possibly. We're gonna have we're gonna get, take these couples over to orgy six. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, they they established that they were all couples, and you know that was all well and good. That was quite interesting. But there are so many people. You know what I mean? How many couples are we talking? Like eight, nine, and you know what I mean? That's that's a lot of to be a crew and a lot of people said well when these people start dying it means you know you feel it a bit more because they're a couple but it's like yeah but there were a lot of faces to kind of take it there were a lot of people in prometheus as well in that crew yeah there were a lot there were a lot of people there were a lot of different people who did different things and then there were just there was just like cannon fodder um people to get i think that's one of the issues in both of the films isn't it it's just like well that's just, the thing but the first in, time you see the first time you see the face you think oh who's that and they're dead. Like the next, the next shot. So, oh, yeah. Well, with shit. with Alien, the crew was quite small, and you kind of got to know everybody. With Aliens, obviously, everybody in Aliens, there were quite a lot of them, but there were enough establishing scenes with everybody. Yeah. You kind of felt a connection to them. 
you know, because a lot of them were dickheads. A lot of them were, <laughs> you know what I mean? You just you got a connection to a lot of the characters in there. There were good establishing scenes. In this, it kind of gets going when I didn't expect it to, this film. Yeah, did, it kinda, did, you forget, did you think it took a bit of time to get into it? Like it kind it kind of it kind of kicked off in a weird place. Yeah. I kind of I kind of assumed we'd be starting off with this crew before they went on their mission. Then we see them go into hypersleep. Then we'd see them awake. But we kind of just see them. Well, we'll discuss that. So obviously there is there is a prequel scene as well. So a yeah, so it's scene. like Sorry, a, no. a prologue sort of scene. Isn't it? Prologue, so yes, um, man. So Guy Pierce is Peter Whelan is back in it, and it's basically him. I think he's just activated David. Um, and it's it's one of those scenes that sort of sets the tone and the, the, the not the not the atmosphere but the the themes of the film. Yeah. Uh, so David, he basically asks David, "What do you want to be called?" And David looks on the Michael Michael King David statue and says, "David," because he obviously sees himself as a as a king. I think he asks a couple of questions that implies that he thinks he already thinks he's better than humans. Yeah, yeah. He's a bit like I'm. I'll live longer than you, my creator. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then Guy, Guy Pierce's character obviously isn't ninety years old at this point. He's Guy Pierce age, yeah. Which obviously shows that it's quite a while before the actual Prometheus mission. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets him to play a bit of pia pia piano. Yeah, he does. Yeah, uh, another chop chopsticks. Totally, another theme thing. <laughs> chopsticks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that scene from Big. Uh, you know, where the yeah. two of them are dancing on the big yeah. keyboard. <laughs> uh, really good. <laughs> Yeah, so then he, he showed that so that shows that kind of David has got he he can create and he's at one with like art and music and everything and he's quite quite a quite a quite a, a complicated soul and then Guy Pierce, well Peter Whelan puts him in his place and says, "Make me a fucking cup of tea." <laughs> Guess what? Yeah, basically, yeah. Five sugars, mate. Yeah. I want the spoon standing up in that tea. That's what I want. And obviously, then David sees himself, obviously. Yes, I am merely I'm merely a slave for this silly individual. At what point does David, like throughout both of these films, become able to overall and kill humans? And uh... quite early, quite early on in Prometheus. So we, so he just infects one of the he infects Numira Pass's um partner with black goo, doesn't he? So obviously yeah. he's trying to he's trying to experiment with the black goo in Prometheus to try and see if um it in any way um helps because he wants to find a cure for guy pierce's old age basically okay yeah it's complicated yeah uh, okay so um and then so we cut to the future at some point and it's basically um a mirrored scene of uh the start prometheus where we've now got michael fassbender's other android character walter who's like a later newer version of an upgraded american accent um yeah and he's sort of what he's doing the rounds of the ship and um they put these solar um, charging sails up, and then they go for this this thing called a neutrino blast or something, and it 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 ruins some of the ship, breaks some of the ship. Um, that's when James Franco's uh, hibernation pod explodes into flames and stuff, and he dies. Yeah, so a few of the pods sort of like open, don't they? And a few people start yeah. a few people start waking up and they're trying to get James Franco out because his pod sort of falls off the it's all like hanging on a rack like a load of load of love load <laughs> like of lovely suits. Figures. Aren't they? Like <laughs> yeah. action figures, yeah. Yeah. And then obviously James Franco who we've like, yeah. <laughs> 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 James Franco who we've seen in this prologue prologue video or, or or a lot of the sort of promo stuff for this just bursts into flame. They can't get him out and he burns to death. Yeah, horribly. Pretty, pretty horrific, yeah. 
Um, okay, so at this, at this point in time, I gotta say, like the tone seemed weird to me. It seemed like a uh, Netflix sci-fi TV show rather than <laughs> when when I think about like the sorry, it's cut. <coughs> when I see, think about the opening scene to Alien, you know the Nostromos and the ships like moving slowly through space. That's super creepy and like super. The ship seems massive. It seems like the the, the space is just a dead place and it's just moving slow slowly whereas this seems like star trek or something to me at the minute yeah it's a bit weird when when did the when did the title sort of arrive i thought it was before before the sort of sort of ship because the the title arrived with the old sort of like main title from alien the jerry goldsmith thing and that kind of set up for me where i felt like oh god yeah this is back in the world yeah Yeah, so it didn't i didn't feel like that to me so much like this like the netflix tv thing but then it just kind of, it felt like at this point it jumped off at a weird stage. I didn't quite expect this film to jump off at this particular stage. I thought we would have seen some James Franco, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or, or we'd just seen some establishing shots of these characters. Because really, if you haven't seen this prologue video, you get nothing from the relationship between James Franco and Daniels until she goes and watches a lovely video of him. Yeah. And has and has a little cry. Well, I haven't I haven't seen anything else. I, I knew James Franco was in it, but I didn't know he was in it for like less than a second it's literally like he was on set for a day and they've gone come in get burnt alive yeah um okay so <coughs> sorry again. okay so um what happens next so the, the ship's basically broke they're all a bit sad about james franco being dead. apparently he's a really cool guy he's a lovely man lovely lo- lovely jubbly and um so uh they start fixing the ship um dr manhattan takes control of the, of the ship he's not a very good captain apparently um yeah, well, this is the thing. They sort of established at this point that he's a religious man and that he can't be trusted because of his faith or something. But he kind of says that and it kind of felt a little bit hammy. Like he could have just, his actions could have shown that he was a man of faith rather than just going, I'm a man of faith and people don't trust me because I'm a man of faith. You know, that that yeah. felt like it was it was showing, it was telling rather than showing. And if, that was probably one. I think he should have tried to give a sermon. <laughs> yeah, and everyone would have just gone. Come on, mate! Not the time. Not the time and a place. Yeah, it should have broken to him like a, like a, a gospel church song, and they should have gone. Shut up! <laughs> yeah. Oh, shut up! Um, put, a, put a bloody sock in it. <laughs> okay, so and then um, whilst they're fixing the, um, the sails of the ship, they get like a rogue transmission um, from a nearby planet. And then they, they sort of scan the planet. It seems ideal for life and stuff. It's not Orgy 6. No, it's not Orgy 6. And too, it's, it's much closer as well. Much which closer, is, which yeah. is one of the reasons why they decide to go and go and check it out is because no one's too keen to get back into the um, the little um, hypersleep pods because of what happened to James Franco when he got turned into a toaster strudel. Um, how, how believable do you think that was? So it's basically... Um, they can either go back into hypersleep for seven years and wake up at the planet they've been uh, moving towards for however many years, and it's like a big mission. There's two thousand people, um, uh, frozen people, over on this ship, or they could go on a whim to this other planet where they got a rogue signal from. Yeah, how cl- how close was that the other planet? Uh, well, they said like uh, uh, a week or something like that. So we yeah, away. well I've kind of believable but at the same time how many times does this happen in this universe like yeah there's just a signal and we're going to go and in- investigate that's kind of how the first alien happened wouldn't it just yeah. a signal yeah and this obviously i guess the thing that's different about this is that the signal they intercept is numi repasse's character elizabeth shaw singing a little bit of john denver 
Yeah. Which I don't remember. Was she singing John Denver in Prometheus? I've got a clue. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, so they pick up they pick up that, and then obviously Danny McBride's character Tennessee is like, "That's John Denver." I recognise that. Anyway. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, quite, it. it's quite a nice little song. Uh, so well, anyway, it, it, to be fair, like if, if if I was like hungry and there was like a waitrose up the road <laughs> and a Greg's, yeah. a Greg's here, yeah. I would yeah. take I would take the Greg's. I would That's take the, the is, easier. Maybe not so good for you. Maybe yeah. Maybe it will result with death a little quicker. That's it. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Greg's, you could have a steak bake, or you could have a lovely kale salad. It's risky. You're, you're risky thinking, to Greg's. yeah. There's some youths outside. I'm not too sure. I'm gonna go. For yeah. It. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. go. That's pretty much. That's pretty much. That's a good analogy. That's yeah. a good enough analogy for this. So at this so, point, yeah, they... I'm still thinking this is the this is meant to be the home planet of the engineers. This is what yeah. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, this is what I was assuming at this point as well. Um, but yeah, but I guess it doesn't really set up how far away. I don't know if we really knew how far away it was at the end of Prometheus when David and Elizabeth Shaw sort of take off when he's just a head in a bag. When he's just a bowling ball in a bowling ball bag. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I'm sure Michael Fassbender's head would probably make a very good bowling ball. Uh, I don't know, it's quite uh, It's long. quite long actually, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's quite a long head. It's quite a long head. Maybe if you rolled it rolled it on its side, then you'd have more like width to take out the pins. Yeah, it's longer to get more dynamic angles for his acting. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. it could get the light to hit in certain ways. If it was round, it'd be the same light everywhere. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why you never see a round-headed man on stage. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's for the for the lighting guys. I mean, it's just terrifying. It's terrifying. Yeah, that's why Phil Mitchell doesn't get any film roles anymore. <laughs> Anymore. <laughs> he used to get loads. Yeah. He was in everything back in the day. Phil Mitchell. What's his name? Steve McFadden. Don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> but I'm bloody do. I had no idea what his real name was. He loves uh, a steak bake, sure. Yeah, he's very does, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, he so looks obviously this inflamed from the saturated <laughs> fats. <laughs> okay. Human. Yeah, so what, what happens there? So he goes to the planet. The planet is um it's quite I think this is what really Scott does do quite well. Um He's very good at sort of creating it's like the art direction of the planets is always really, really well done. Like yeah. it looks kind of alien, but kind of like uh, yeah. human, but not in a way. It's just a, some some beautiful place in like New Zealand or, you know, Africa or yeah. South America or something that looks very alien. And I guess it's the cinematography as well that makes it look um, a lot of, lot of, a lot of like greys and granites and sort of those sort of colours and sort of very, very deep dark greens I find in, in this film as well as yeah. as well as Prometheus. Um but yeah, so obviously about half of them go down to the planet. Well, I thought quite a lot of them were going down onto the planet initially. And they do the classic landing on a planet you've never been to before. Yeah. Uh, don't wear a helmet, obviously. It's weird, isn't it? They just they just go out. It's weird because in Prometheus they all wore helmets when they went. I know it didn't help. But you'd think that perhaps they would have wore helmets just yeah. just because you know you never know. I know they've done the scans and they've worked just out that the, yeah. that the atmosphere is fucked. Uh, fine, sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so yeah, so it's like a landing crew. Um, quite a lot of them go down there. It, 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 it looks quite nice. There's wheat, like human wheat, <coughs> which I don't yeah, really yeah. ever really explain. But I imagine it's because of David. Yeah, so they sort of say, here's some wheat. Who planted who planted it? Vegetation this far from Earth. Yeah, where did David you know? get wheat seeds from? Yeah, I don't know. He had he had them in his wallet. He took <laughs> he had them in his wallet for the whole time. His wallet head. 
is, is Wallet Oh yeah, he was just ahead at one point. Maybe yeah. he had the seeds in his mouth under his tongue. <laughs> All this know. time, yeah. Okay, so uh, there's wheat there, and then they again they separate. Uh, some of them go up to they find the the crashed ship that uh, Naomi Rapace, whatever name is Rapace, what's her name, Elizabeth Shaw, and David crashed in or landed in. Yeah, um, and then it's some others uh, stay back and they they want to check on some ecology stuff or um I don't, know, I don't know what they're doing checking the stuff yeah they're, they're the just getting they're just very good <laughs> yeah they're just getting samples of mud and shit poo and stuff <laughs> yeah poo uh, and, mud. and then obviously you get a classic line here when they're walking to the prometheus shot of can you hear that what nothing yeah no animals no birds and you're like oh my god yeah <laughs> how many times how many times have we heard that in some sort of in that in that context or in another context in a horror film or five, something five or, or six five or six at least that's, I mean, quite, that's, that's two, quite a lot though that's quite a lot yeah yeah you never want to get more than like three or four yeah so i mean it does kick off pretty quickly you know i mean it could have taken its time a little bit but Maybe i guess more time spent on the planet you mean or yeah i don't know more time spent on the planet more time exploring. i would like to see them walking through like the ruins of these cities and stuff a little yeah. bit longer and maybe that would have fleshed out the world of these of these engineers a little bit more. Maybe we would have seen. Yeah. I wanted to see sort of like where they lived. I know we kind of do see that a little bit, but maybe a bit where they lived or something. You, you but... need to get like a big courtyard and like one domey cave structure. That's yeah. all you get, and that's supposed to be their home planet. It doesn't really like their citadel or something. It doesn't really make no. sense. And then, and you expect every, everything else is just vegetation. You know, it doesn't really yeah. doesn't really make sense. And that everyone on that planet's gone all of the engineers so yeah obviously it, it pretty much kicks off straight away well while, while they're taking the samples um of the mud and stuff that one of the characters he steps on some little spores and uh some little bits and bobs come out and yeah uh, this one of my one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare. that's why united healthcare offers flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more learn more at uh1.com hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees Promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Moments, one of my favorite visual moments, when he smokes this, the cigarette on a, a joint, whatever he's got, and he blows the smoke into the spores. And it's yeah. weird, they sort of like convalesce and um, start to like float towards, it's like they're, they're flying towards him. Uh, and they go into his ear, into his skin. And that's it, it's like he's, he's got like the flu, he, he gets really ill really quickly. Um, yeah. The same thing so, happens over at the ship as well to another guy. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, does he stand on the spores as well? I think it's the same, isn't it? So he's you understand, one, isn't he? Yeah, he's sort of holds yeah, just puffs yeah. his face. Obviously, because again, why wouldn't you do that? Alien, yeah. alien vegetation. Just stick it in your gut, mate. <laughs> just yeah. eat it all up. Yeah, um, and then like that. That's like, I mean, this is like an ultimate version of hay fever. Like the pollen. <laughs> it gets bad. It gets bad for me. I can understand what they go through. You're like bloody hell! Got hay fever again. I'm gonna have a xenomorph coming out my back in a minute. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously it kicks off pretty quickly here. Um, you know, they get infected by this yeah. shit. So, um, so one group, um, the, the Doctor Woman, uh, she sort of helps him back to the, the lander, uh, they call it, um, where there's another woman who's Tennessee's wife. Uh, there's going to be a lot of, like, another woman, another man for a little bit because it's just the yeah, way yeah. it is. Yeah. Just um, the way it is, yeah. But this is my favourite scene, isn't it? So he's he's sort of getting really sick now. The hay fever's really kicking in. He's like, I've got some periton back at the ship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he gets there. I don't know if it is hay fever. I feel absolutely terrible. It's got to be. It's that time of year, mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, um, so he, he, they put, basically, like, two of them, um, they go into the quarantine area this is this is my favorite scene of the entire film actually um so they sort of take his top off and for some reason his back just sort of like spurts blood in one of his faces one of them is getting tennessee's wife is getting really uh terrified and it's like it works so well they panic big time don't they i mean you kind of feel the panic at this point as well you're just like shit 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 and then you obviously another classic sort of alien moment is where someone's infected and somebody gets locked in yeah with the infected yeah and the person who's locked them in is just like I got to quarantine it. I don't know what it is. I got to quarantine it. Yeah, but then, like, I, I like... love I love the fact that she 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 quarantines, locks the room, and then opens it again, and then locks it again. It's like she can't quite uh, yeah make the decision. It's it's a really human moment. And um... yeah, well, well, Ripley. This is one thing that was good for establishing Ripley in the first film is that she quarantines some the uh, the people initially when they come back from the from the ship, and do you know what I mean. Yeah. And doesn't doesn't sort of waver at all. She's just like, no, I've got this is my job. Yeah. I've got to quarantine you. And when that happens in some films, uh, sci-fi and stuff, you kind of feel like you bastard to people. But when Ripley does it in the first film, you're like, yeah, that's yeah. right. She, she ain't taking any shit. She ain't taking any chances. And I guess you kind of experience that human moment in this. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the woman who's trapped in there with him. Well, like, yeah, so uh, the guy's going up pale, he's shaking. It's that moment from the trailer. And then like, his back, his like spine seems to like rip open, and this is the first neomorph we see. Uh, it's like a pale, got a little crystal teeth for some reason, little needle teeth. Um, yeah, and then it attacks the other woman, and I think it kills her pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Kill, I mean, she has she has a bit of a go at it at first. I think she got a knife and she's defending herself for a while, but uh, yeah. it's a vicious little bastard. This one, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a. It reminds me of like the fairies from like a Guillermo del Toro film. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like little and bitey, and uh, I don't know, yeah. a bit vicious. Doing um, some big time damage there with those little needle needle teeth. Yeah, and then t- Tennessee's wife, um, uh, it, it breaks out and she starts trying to shoot at it. She she blows something up. It basically blows the entire landing thing up. Yeah, so it it blows up, killing pretty much like everybody, and then the yeah. other half of the crew who are coming back from the Prometheus ship with their own um, hay fever man. With, with their own hay fever man, who's like collapsed yeah. now, and he's really sort of like given in, given into it. Um, they see the explosion. Obviously, the captain is just like absolutely devastated because um, his wife was there as well. She was the one who was attacked by the neomorph, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. That, so, so, so automatically, we're like seeing because they were all couples. We're seeing these like these losses, like 
all over the place. So we've already experienced like one or two, and now we're seeing like people just dying all over the place and their partners reacting. Yeah. Um, the guys, uh, the infected guy's throat suddenly rips open and a, a neomorph sort of uh, bursts out of there. Silly neomorphs, they don't care. Like it used to be chest bursters, but these, these burst out of. I don't even really understand how they work, but they just no. sort of burst out of whatever crevice they can get out of. Yeah. Um, and then the shit hits the fan. The neomorphs are like, well, they're like, they kind of look like testicle skin cats in like the in the, in the wheat <laughs> in the wheat field. They're sort of coming out of everywhere. It, this is pretty cool. Seeing the aliens like in some grass, it reminded me a bit of um, Velociraptors in in yeah, the grass yeah. in the Lost World. I think this is quite good. The lighting was really good in this as well. We had some we had the fire from the ship, sort of lighting everybody, and it was a little bit it was kinetic and it was a little bit crazed as they were attacking. I yeah. thought this was a really this was a really good scene. The only thing was I couldn't quite tell who was getting killed and who was someone living. dies. Someone gets the tail to the neck. I don't know yeah, some, someone gets a tail to the neck, and then yeah. Walter, Walter. Obviously, I haven't talked to. He, he was with one. He was with this side of the crew. Um, he protects Daniels. Daniels is almost attacked, and he st- sticks his hand in one of the Neomorphs' mouth, doesn't he? Yeah. And gets it all acided off. Acided off. Yeah. Oh, I got a stump now. And then got it <laughs> out of nowhere. There's a black. There's a, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> and then there's a blinding light. The aliens disperse, and then Gandalf is on the hill. <laughs> <laughs> it's a proper that kind of moment. Um, Gandalf appears. Uh, so there's a hooded Fly, figure of long hair. I, I read it, it was a bit cheesy. Um, and the guy's <laughs> like, "Follow, come with me if you want to live, or something." Yeah. Or, I don't know. Yeah, he says and, that. Uh, <laughs> and then it, he runs, so he says, he "Follow me." Yeah, then he runs for. The, he's like scooting through the, um, the the woods and stuff, and he's like, "They're all following him." Uh, he takes them through the dead engineers landing site city bit. Um, yeah, so we see we see just corpses of the engineers yeah. covered in this sort of like black tar like like stuff. So obviously, what we understand is that the the weapon, the black goo from Prometheus, has somehow materialized, and now it's like materialized as these spores. Yeah, that are obviously on the planet. Um, and then we, um, so, so then we find out that the guy with the well, Gandalf is actually David from Prometheus. He's got long hair now, and he talks a bit more like David Berry. <laughs> yes. Hello. Yeah. I'm hello. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. It was. I mean, um, I was like, "Where's Elizabeth Short then?" Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking for a long time. Where the hell? Where the hell yeah. is she? And then he kind of says, "She died in the crash," which obviously was yeah. when the ship arrived. I quite like David with long hair. How do you feel about David with long hair? Yeah, it's all right. I think uh, I didn't realize that the hair would grow. Yeah, but, um, but then he was he was di- he was dying his hair in Prometheus, wasn't he? He was dying yeah. it. He was he was watching like Peter O'Toole films, wasn't he? And he was dying his hair, lovely lovely shade of blonde. Yeah, yeah. But um, he does cut gets long hair, and then he cuts his hair ever so quickly. And I thought, oh come on, he cuts it, and he styles it a little bit later on, super quickly as well. Yeah. Um, when he looks looks like Walter a little, maybe, little bit later. Maybe on. that's David wanted to program one of the things they put in these in these uh, synthetic humans is hairdresser, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean like you can imagine a hairstyle and then his hair would change to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Cornrows. Yeah. <laughs> like on uh Grandfather's Auto or something, he could change the hairstyle. <laughs> yeah. Go for a haircut with as a bold man, walk out with an afro. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we basically get the idea that um Elizabeth and David arrives and accidentally set off a, a world killing weapon. Um, and which then, was the, which was the black goo and the lovely vases. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so after the crew members um, 
I think they tell David, like, we've got 2,000 people. This is a colony mission. David's like, interesting. Oh, very interesting. Really? Yeah. How many did you say? 2,000. Wow. They can't radio up to the, the Covenant ship uh, in the in the sky because there's some storms happening. Um, and some then, storms. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we sort of get this, we get like a few scenes of them sort of looking around the where David's been living. Um, he he talks to Walter. He calls him brother. Um, he, there's a bit there's a bit in the cinema that we watched where David says something like, "You do the blowing and I'll do the fingering." And um, yeah. <laughs> because he's got big like laugh. a flute, yeah, big laugh. Everyone was like, "That was was that intentional?" Because <laughs> super weird and super creepy. And um, he, and he's play, is he not playing like? One of the alien themes, like is it the is Prometheus it? music? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was thinking, hang on a minute, this is too self-aware now. Yeah, getting very meta. He started playing Raiders of the Lost Ark theme. Yeah. At the same time, um, the Neomorph is now massive. It arrives. We're introduced to another girl who gets killed. Didn't know. Who, I didn't know who the hell she was. Yeah, <laughs> she was. She was. She was involved with the black dude who was in the. Again, this is the thing. There's a lot of people. It's hard to know who they are. You know, there's probably only four or five of them. You generally know who they are, and the rest kind of just blend into the background a little bit because we don't get much in terms of backstory. We don't really get too much of their names. Yeah, we get a little bit of people's relationships, but they're so quick. Um, like, because I didn't like. Did you realize this the first time? One of the guy who had the neomorph come out of his skin and like his throat was in a relationship with the dude with the other dude. Uh, the, uh... Yeah, I, I only knew that afterwards. Yeah, because his husband was like kissing his like bloody face. Yeah, um, I mean that, that wasn't very clear in in terms of the setup, was it? Until until that until the death. So that's the thing. You're kind of reacting to these deaths and going right. Who are they? Who's his partner? Just want yeah. to see how they react. And you know. Yeah. Um. So, what did you think to the look of the neomorph? Now it was big because you got like a big look at it. Really looked like a big penis skin. Yeah. Sort of this thing. was a, this was a, this was a bit weird, wasn't it? When it the neomorph didn't really was kind of mouth. Like, no, or eyes. It's, it's it's very weird to look at. Um, it was just a be- a bellend head. It reminded me a bit of um, for some reason it gave me the vibe of the dem- is it called the demogorgon in um, Stranger Things. Oh yeah, oh like, yeah, yeah. Sort a of a bit. closed face that sort of opens up, sort of in a weird way. Very um, growly. So yeah, this this neomorph like cuts off one of the, this girl's head. Yeah, and then there's a moment there's a moment where the neomorph faces off with David, and obviously. It doesn't hurt David because I don't know if we're, did we establish this previously that the aliens don't hurt the the, the sort of um, synthetic humans. Uh, I don't know because it killed the queen. Attacked Bishop. The robots. Yeah. Yeah, it attacked Bishop, but maybe it attacked Bishop because it was in the way. I don't know. But yeah, so obviously David's trying to communicate with it at this point. It stood there pretty yeah. calmly, but then old Captain Doctor Manhattan turns up <laughs> with his blue and, dick and with his <laughs> blue dick. And unleash unleashes his oozy of pain <laughs> and kill and kills it kills the neomorph yeah. quite easily I thought you know just compared to how much difficulty they were having before it was a little bit easy um, yeah. but then David screams at him um, and I think Orm at this point is like oh David you know more than you're letting on um, yeah what you got, say you now? Got... like what's happening here and then he says okay follow me and he takes him into his little lab it shows him like these various different neomorphs type creatures and he yeah. says i've been so he, experimenting he's been experimenting with different species of animal and stuff and need to try and create like the ultimate killing machine so i mean it is a bit of a confusing 
thing. What the hell the xenomorph is, what the hell this, like how it's related to the black goo and the spores and, you know what I mean? The, the fact, the whole circle of life of the xenomorph, including the facehugger as well. I mean, it is very confusing. I think it kind of does change film to film. Well, I think, like what... I think they've tried to uh, talk to that by saying, David says it's incredibly mutable. I think the idea is that it will mutate to whatever environment it's in to okay to sort of get to some sort of predatory level or something. That's good. That makes sense. So, but what we understand here is that somehow humans have come into 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 the equation, yeah. and that's how that's how the xenomorph has been created. Yeah. So he leads um, David basically tricks Orm into going into his little basement, and he's got like the the classic eggs that we know from um, the Alien franchise. Um, and he looks into him, gets a face hugger on his face. Yeah. Just, like the recommended well, way to get face hooked. Yeah, that's the best best way to get it. Um, he gets raped in the face. And then um, and then what happens? So um, I think it takes like literally about 10 minutes before he's cooked and he's ready to go. And that um, egg's ready to yeah. pop. It's super quick. Like Again, again, very, very quick. But maybe as this is the early... Early in the timeline of the Xenomorph, maybe it was quicker, and then yeah, it kind, of, it kind of doesn't make sense. But and it, when it when it comes out of his chest, it looks very strange, doesn't it? Did it not it like the not... originals? No, when 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 it came out in the original, when it came out, it was kind of like much paler, mo- mostly head and tail. Yeah, but more like a in this snake, in this, in, in this one, it, yeah, yeah in, in this one, it was almost like a fully grown Xenomorph, but a tiny miniature version, a toy, an like, action figure. Yeah, yeah, like everything was in proportion. It reminded yeah. me of like small soldiers or something when it yeah, stood up. Yeah. It kind of stood up out of him like, hello, here I oh, am. Oh, yeah. And then David oh, did like uh, like me. an arm thing to it. And it like, yeah. and then it did like a Mexican wave with him. <laughs> yeah. I remember now, yeah. And it looked and then it did, it, it like a weird little it, puppet. And then it did the wacky wave and <coughs> inflated Lara Feline and Tube Man thing like that. <laughs> Tube Man, yeah. yeah. Um, so what's happening at this point? So um, I think they're looking for David. And then someone finds Elizabeth Shaw's body. Yeah, so I think Daniels is kind of looking about. Oh, at this point, the other ship, the other ship with Tennessee, um, with Tennessee at the wheel, are coming down to to the to the sort of um, temple to to basically pick them up. They've come through a storm and they're ready to pick them up. Um, so yeah, as it's, as it's happening. Uh, so that's right. So Walter finds the Elizabeth Shaw's body. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, it's like Elizabeth Shaw's body splayed open all of her organs on show. What, I mean, she hasn't decomposed at all. Yeah, what the fuck did they do to it? Like, I, can't, I don't I, understand. I, I don't know. It's weird. Because also, I was thinking, with those eggs, surely that means there had to be a queen somehow. Yeah. So has he, like, engineered Elizabeth Shaw somehow to be the queen or elements of her to create this queen? That's interesting. That, and I that, hope that's that then, true. Because obviously we understand... There was a lot of stuff... Was there stuff to do with her pregnancy in that, in the first one? In Prometheus, sorry? Possibly. Well, possibly. Maybe he's engineered her and used her womb somehow. I don't know. We don't know about all David's crazy experiments at I this kinda, point. I kind of because they did a lot of flashbacks in this. Um, I kind of wish that they did the flashback of him killing Elizabeth. It feels yeah. like it could have been kind of tragic to watch. And it yeah. feels like we kind of missed out on a, a good because, bit of drama. Yeah, there was a pre, there was a sort of um, a prologue video as well that was again on, on YouTube, I think, which was her putting him back together. Elizabeth Shaw sort of like doing some soldering or something on on David's neck and putting yeah. him back together, and he and he was very grateful. He was like, "Thank you so much for putting my head back on my shoulders, <laughs> yeah. metaphoric, metaphorically and physically." Yeah, 
Uh, I love you. So apparently, he killed her at some point. He's kind, he's kind of written off pretty quickly. Uh, how but, how is how is how has she not de- decomposed over? He's embalmed her somehow. Yeah, I think he was, he's got lots of little bits of bodies and stuff. So I think he just is good at that. I guess. A lot of cool like drawings on the wall here that were very reminiscent of the H.R. Geiger sort of yeah, yeah. Uh, concept art. That well, I think it's weird that, that. Uh, David um, kind of uh, so he, he he creates, isn't he? He's able to create. So he creates the Prometheus theme tune. He he draws H.R. Geiger artwork. He's like he's created the Alien franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They've gone, let him create everything. He can yeah. write the theme tune. He can sing the theme tune. He can flute yeah. the theme tune. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously we get, we understand that Walter has been, he doesn't really create. He's been, they've Walter sort of, can't. Yeah, yeah. they've got rid of that sort of stuff. And then uh, he gets um, stabbed in the neck. Walter gets stabbed in the neck. Um, and, oh, sorry. Also, uh, David reveals to Walter that he actually killed all the, the engineers on the planet. He, yeah. he let, he let this alien, Goo loose on purpose. He dropped a big old bomb on him, didn't he? Big black one all over him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is quite a cool scene to see. Um, yeah. But... So, so he, so he kind of like dis, uh, deactivates Walter, doesn't he? At this point, he so Walter's like obviously flew through his neck. Yeah. And he deactivates him. <laughs> yeah. That was weird. He made a really weird face when he got deactivated. Yeah. Didn't he? Uh, he, an orgasm face, like his eyes went like straight to straight. To it was like words. it was. Yeah. Uh, it scared me a little bit. It I think that was the. Well, o- yeah. I think that was the only bit of the film I jumped at. Came out of when he kind of, yeah, yeah, and he just did like ah, horrible face, yeah. So he deactivates that, and then he starts having a fight with uh, Daniels at this point, doesn't he? So he's going to kill her. Yeah, he said I'm going to do the same to. I think maybe he did turn them into queens or something somehow. Yeah, um, he said I'm going to do the same to you. What did to same what did sure to you? And then Walter reactivates himself. It's like a superhero now, and he says there's been a there's been a few upgrades or something like <laughs> one of some sort of yeah. cool catchphrase. Dead There's or, been dead a or alive, you're coming with me, David. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's something like that. Um, and then, yeah, then um, it's Morphin good, time, yeah. David. Is <laughs> yeah. So and there's some good kung fu moves here. It's very like superhero sort of bit. Um, and then there's a bit where the others are getting on the ship. They're about ready to go. David's fighting um, uh, Walter. And then there's a bit where you know one of them's going to get killed, but you don't know who, and they sort of leave it at that. Yeah, so Walter's on top of David, but then you see David reaching for like a knife. Yeah, um, and then it cuts there, and then we cut back to um, all the, the sort of the the people who are left, which isn't many people. It's Daniels and maybe one other guy. <clears throat> yeah, it's one other guy. And they're running for the ship, which Tennessee is just about to land, sort yeah. of in the big courtyard. And then there's a xenomorph knocking about. Uh, well, human one. No, we see, we just see a xenomorph. It's a xenomorph that came out of Doctor Manhattan's chest, isn't it? And it looks massive. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's, like gr- it's grown. Giant now, yeah. It's grown in about like 10, 15 seconds. It's really weird, yeah. Um, so they get on this, uh, like a crane ship thing. Um, they're making their way out of there. Uh, Walter's with them, apparently. There's a there's quite a nice, cool bit where um, she uses the... It's quite a, nice, it's quite a, a tense action scene. Uh, she uses the crane hand to like crush the alien in like a little book. Yeah. It's kind of cool, and um, I I actually thought the film was going to end, and I was like, uh, oh, I suppose yeah. it was quite good. It it felt like a, it felt like a sort of good ending at that point, didn't it? Yeah. But then we find out that the other guy had an alien in him. He's dead. Um, and then there's another bloody alien. Now it's on the main ship. Now yeah. now they've got there's a xenomorph on the main colony ship with the two two thousand other people. They're all having a lovely nap. They got no idea what's going on. And then we get like uh, the way to get rid of the alien. Is the whole airlock thing 
Like, yeah, classic. Get it out classic. Of like, it's almost like they've got it to the point where it's like a, a guidebook, like how to deal with ants. Yeah. Like, oh, you've got xenomorphs. Like, it's like, oh, we've got ants. Put the kettle on, you know, because you're going to boil them up. <laughs> like, I can't watch. Don't, don't put a kettle on. It's like, oh, we've got an alien. Get in the airlock. Like, it's oh, it's yeah, almost yeah. like they just <laughs> they just know that that's what you're meant to do. Boil, boil, boiling ants is like, uh, it seems ridiculously cruel nowadays, but as a kid, it just seemed like that's what you that's did. What happens, mate. Yeah. That's what happens. <laughs> like, it's almost like you are David with a black goo, like pouring, yeah. uh, like killing, boiling all of these. Like, massive genocide is horrible. Anyway, so they get rid of the alien in that way, um, and then they're about to they're about to go back under because they're going to go back to Audi Six where they originally went to go, um, and then we find yeah, out. So go on. Sorry, sorry, let's go back to the go back to the thing. So it was, it was Tennessee and Daniels yeah. versus the alien in the airlock, and they took the alien to like the terraforming section of the ship, which was where Daniels knew you know, she she worked at, she worked there, so she knew all, all the nooks and crannies and everything. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's weird when the alien comes in because it kind of again stands upright, completely upright. Yeah. All right. We don't see we don't see that much. Yeah. It's just like, all right, mate. It scratches its ass. Yeah. It's like it's on its way into work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then and then they shoot at, shoot out a bloody airlock, don't they? Yeah, yeah, classic. Yeah, so, I mean that that was fairly tense, but you kind of knew where it was going to go, didn't you? I thought maybe we were going to lose one of them, like either Tennessee or Daniels, but they both survive. Yeah. So what what did you think of the ending? So the, 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 there is a twist in the ending, but we kind of saw it coming to a degree. I think it could have yeah. gone either way because basically, one of them, David or Walter, died off screen. So we, we know that the android on the ship is either Walter or David. Um, yeah. It turns out just as he's putting um, Daniels to, to sleep, her, her cryo sleep, um, she, she realizes it's actually David. Um, yeah, because she says something. She had a little bit of dialogue with Walter where she was talking about building a cabin on on the sh- on the planet, and then she says to to David, David Walter, um, "You're gonna help me build that cabin when we get to Orgy Six? And, and he, he just goes. You what, mate? What are you talking about? I ain't got bloody clue what you're all about, bloody mental. No, no. <laughs> yeah. You'd think, you'd think he was such an, he's such an intellectual that he would have just gone, yes, of course. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the fact that he gives his own game away yeah. as easily as that, unless he wanted to, of course. But the fact that he gives his own game away there yeah, yeah. Is, is pretty disappointing, I think. But yeah. And it's, so um, he, yeah, so, so he could have gone either way there. I mean, yeah, so, sorry, yeah. So it ends with him sort of, um, he gets some alien face hugging embryos or something he puts them they're like little discs yeah so he, like, he, he, he yeah. regurgitates them <laughs> yeah so in order to believe that this is that this is david he had to kill walter yeah. cut off cut off his own hand because obviously Walter was missing a hand yeah and then he, ha- he had like a nail thing in his chin which daniels when she was fighting with him and shoved in there yeah so he's managed to take that out somehow sort of cover it up i don't know and then take Walter's place I mean, the only other way it could have gone is that Walter, it was Walter, but he'd come around to David's ideology of we are more superior as the synthetic humans to the humans. Yeah. But, but I guess that would have been less believable. I mean, so we, 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 we always knew it was either Walter or David. I think it could have ended just as well if, it, if we sort of finally realised it was Walter or if they even left it a little bit open. Yeah. If they just had him put her to sleep. And then he, he just walked away and he started singing something. Or like, do you know what I mean? Something that sort yeah, of showed yeah. that like, oh, he, yeah. he could be Walter and he could have gone one way. Like, yeah, that's he, that's true, actually. He could have just started humming the tune that he'd been taught on the flute. The alien theme tune. 
We didn't need to see Daniels going, oh, my God, it's you, David. Yeah. And David David going, go to sleep now. Go to sleep. Although it was kind of evil, kind of cool. I think I would have preferred a little bit of an open ending. I think there were a lot of moments in this film where you're like, it was fairly easy to realise how better it could have been done. And it wasn't always that much more complicated. No. It was just like, well, why don't you do this instead? Or why don't you do that? But Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So me and Kat both said afterwards, we're like, I can't believe Walter just died off screen, because that's yeah. that's how that's how it, that's how that ending frames that now. Walter just died off screen, and Walter was kind of like sort of the hero of the film in a way, in some ways. Yeah, like, he was like the good version of David, like he was the, yeah. the opposite of the antagonist. So I, I, I did like the way their relationship panned out there. Yeah, um, I think. It could have, again, it could have gone one over. I, I kind of half expected David to eventually get Walter around to his way of thinking and them to like team up against the crew. I yeah. kind of expected that. The fact he didn't was probably a nice surprise. Um, maybe in a sequel we'll see that what would you know he didn't fully die. He just was incapacitated and he's on that planet. Yeah. And maybe, maybe he's going to come to the rescue somehow on a, on a xenomorph's back. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 yeah. the, just right riding in there. You blow on a horse's nose, whatever he says there. So <laughs> that's that's how he tames. That's how he breaks out of xenomorph to, to the rides the back. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's romantically involved with xenomorph. I don't know. That's weird. Maybe. Yeah, big enough. Um. So yeah, it, it's um, it, that's how it ends. I mean, it, it's okay. It's okay. Then. I think it could have been better. Um. Uh, what did you think to the directing style overall i think we kind of understand really scott's directing style it's yeah it's i mean it's always it's always lovely to look at um yeah you know i think he's got really well got 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 really well got really good obviously over the years of of this really creepy in the dark sort of like all these little nooks and crannies and little crevices that he kind of like the yeah. horror sort of comes out of um yeah i think it's good it's always good ridley scott yeah. oh ridley deadly i think the, the art direction in general so there's like if you think about uh, Gladiator. I'm just thinking about the posters mainly, like, but also the overall look and color color palettes of the films. So Prometheus, yeah, was... Gladiator, um, uh, The Martian, Alien. What's the um, uh, the Rutger Howard Harrison Ford thing? Blade uh, Runner. Blade Runner. Like the art direction. That's like it's so perfect. Um, he's just mm. so good at doing that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's an expert. I mean, unfortunately, I think the only place this film kind of suffers is probably the script. Um. I think with a little bit, with a just a little, just a little tweak here and there, this could have been a much better film. That being said, I did enjoy. It. I did come out of it feeling satisfied, and like I wanted to see it again, and like I was keen for another Alien film. Yeah. Um, but then again, as I said, I like Prometheus, so maybe that's just it did enough for me to answer the Prometheus questions yeah. and carry on and carry on the story. Yeah. Uh, so would you say this? They build this as a horror movie. Would you? Would you say it was a horror movie? Uh, yeah. I think there's a lot. There's a lot of horror. There's more horror in it than in Prometheus, but I guess with the science fiction stuff, yeah, yeah, I, I, I kind of yeah, I would like to to maybe have a bit more horror in it. I don't know how, but um, hmm. it's it's very sci-fi and it's also kind of cartoony a little bit in some ways with David's character and like yeah. the whole like follow me Gandalfy moments and stuff. So I don't know if they needed to do that, but yeah, okay. So are you ready for some trivia? Yes. Okay, so uh, question the first. Um, at one stage, Catherine Waterston's character, Daniel, says, I got you, you son of a bitch. Um, Ellen Ripley used these words at the end of the original Alien film. So does she or does she not say those words? She definitely said something that I was like, that's familiar. Yeah, let's say yes. True. True. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so the second question. 
Um, the terrace surrounded by cypress trees where David looks upon the engineer's city is inspired by uh, a series of paintings depicting the... Oh, <laughs> I've deleted the bit here. But it's, it's, it's a famous painting. Uh, I think it's called Isle of the Dead or something like that. Sounds true. Sounds like something that... <laughs> it's, it's true. Uh, it's, it's, I think it looked really good as well. I think what I've done, I wanted to see the painting, so I've, co- I've cut it instead of co- copied it from my... Uh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I've looked at it, it's really great, but you won't be able to see it. <laughs> no, you won't be able to. You just have to imagine it in your brain. Yeah. Okay, uh, after seeing the success of Deadpool, uh, Ridley Scott decided to get a piece of the action by horribly burning another US leading man in an enclosed oxygen tank scenario. <laughs> she refers to it doing a Ryan Reynolds. Uh, true. Yes, it's true. Oh yeah, doing it, doing a Ryan Reynolds. Doing I a pool. See more of that. Yeah, uh, it's not true. <laughs> but um, oh. okay, so this is the only Alien film to have actual nudity in it. Uh, false. Do you, know, do you know which one? There's one more film that has nudity in it. Aliens. No, uh, Alien Resurrection. Oh. oh, right. Was that when she was... Yeah, okay. Was that I when think, Ripley... I think she was like, arriving around for him, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> okay, oh. last one. Uh, so, um, when David is discussing uh, the alien with the captain, he says it's the perfect organism, uh, just like Ash's head said in the original alien. That's true. True, yeah. It's true. So, we're coming up to time. You've got to, you've got to shoot off the cinema soon. Uh, so, do you want to quickly grade the film? Yeah, let's grade it. Um, I like it. I'm a fan. I'm happy with it. It's got problems. I've said that. We've gone through the problem. Prob- prob- problems. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted Walter to, you know, rise victorious out of the ashes and give David, you know, a good scene to. Not in that way, but um, I want David to lie down to go to sleep, and then Walter yeah. bursts out of his chest. <laughs> <laughs> a tiny Walter burst out of his chest playing the flute yeah. that's the Green Ranger theme from Power Rangers oh, yeah, yeah. that would have been good the dragon's um, comes out of the waters yeah anus um, <laughs> I'll, I'll probably give it a B plus okay yeah I uh, thought it was good I don't think I liked it as much as you um, but it was good so I think I'll give it a C plus it was Ooh. okay. It was okay. Um, I don't. I, I, yeah. I think I pre- preferred Prometheus because Prometheus was weirder, and like mm. I had to watch that a couple of times to understand what the hell was going on. Whereas this one, yeah. I kind of is a little bit too, a little bit mm. too, too plain Jane, in a way. I do. I, I think I, I prefer Alien Covenant, but only slightly. Only slightly. Okay. Only slightly, maybe by like one or two percent. Yeah. Okay, that's 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 close. Okay, so um, next week we're gonna be talking. We're gonna be getting back on the fifty best horror movies. Nineteen thirty-one, Dracula. Um, what's the guy's name in that? So it's, it's the famous version, one of the famous Ryan, versions of it. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> um, doing a Deadpool, um, as they call it. Okay, uh, so this show is brought to you by Story Studio Hawk and Cleaver. Head over to HawkandCleaver dot com uh, or the other stories dot net to check out our other podcasts. Uh, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Thanks to Kovach Kalman for our theme music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, give us a five-star rating review in iTunes and remember to hit subscribe. Thanks to my co-host Ben for being a real horror dude. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.